turn to Philippians chapter 3. I trust you do have your Bible, because we're not palm readers, we're Bible readers, amen? And uh, I know the future is bright as God's promises, but I'm thankful for all the past too, amen? This has been a great year, I mean a phenomenal year for our church. I just thank God for, uh, I tried to review the whole year in that little paragraph in the bulletin, but God is truly blessed. The revival in May, we're still reaping benefits from that and fruit. I was talking to some uh, folks yesterday out on visitation. I've been touched by the revival, and I've been touched by the revival. The person that was visiting with me was touched by the revival. And folks, we ought to just thank God for what he did this past year. Amen. The Vacation Bible School was tremendous. Um, the uh, couples retreat was one of our best. Just on and on and on we could go. And tell you, I tell you, it all started with us on our knees praying. And tonight we're going to be praying the new year out and the new, and the new year in, or the old year out, the new year in, in our homes. And so I hope you're praying, and uh, we thank God for you being here. We had about four preachers that I planned on preaching that could not be here. And so we're just going to put both the first string preachers on at uh, 6 o'clock. And uh, Brother Jeremy Smith... Pray for him. This is his last service at Ridgeview Baptist Church. He's resigned his church and uh, gave him a month's notice. And so he'll be his last service this morning. And then his first service at our church uh, tonight at 6 o'clock. He'll be preaching first. Then Brother Steve Gregory will be eating. I think we need one more pot of soup. Well, it's not pots today. It's crock pots. Crop, not crack pots. Crock pots. Amen. Uh, so we need one more crock pot of soup. Amen. I think we got... Uh, we had one uh, lady get sick, and so she backed out, and we're glad she's not just letting her husband cook it. And uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a blessing uh, to have you here tonight at 6 o'clock. We'll be, we'll be home probably about 9.30 or so, unless you want to stay and pray until uh, midnight. Some of you traditionalists, you go ahead and do that, and we'll be uh, thinking about you. Uh, but it's going to be a blessing, amen. Uh, I want to preach a message entitled, uh, The High calling of being a Christian or reaching forth. And it's out of Philippians chapter 3, and I studied all day Friday and a lot yesterday, and I don't think I'm going to get to the outline, and that really uh, concerns me. And I want to do something a little different that I usually do on uh, Wednesday night. I want to just have the outline for you to follow, and uh, I want you to take this chapter, and I believe we're going to preach it the rest of this month. Amen? I mean, I just, if I studied all day Friday... I'm going to use it, amen, and uh, I really was blessed by every verse, and um, I believe it's one of the key verses in the, in, the, um, in the Bible because it talks about Christ being the object of our faith and the desire and the expectation of our life. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you something. Something's wrong with you if you don't have a desire to glorify Christ in your life. Matter of fact, I believe a lot of people say they're saved, not saved, because their desire does not change. Their expectation doesn't change. Their appetites doesn't change. Last time I checked, therefore, if any man be in Christ, <clears throat> he's a, a new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, all things come new. And I believe you get a new want to. Say amen. When you get saved, Christ's spirit dwells in your life. And if you'll let him rule and reign, he'll magnify himself through your life. What a, what a life. And folks, Paul uh, talked about some things. I want you to circle three words in this chapter. Let's stand on to the word of God. We're going to read the whole chapter, and I'm going to preach it the whole month of uh, January, or a few weeks anyway. 
The Bible says, and I want you to read, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll read uh, responsively. Uh, you read the second verse, I'll read the first, and we'll go on through 21, cha- 21 chapters, 21 verses, and uh, we won't be long this morning, I promise. This will just be an introduction to the series. Finally, my brethren, you know he's a Baptist preacher when he said in closing, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same thing to you, to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. The Circumcised the eighth day. We'll get together a little bit. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, as Hebrews of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal. Can't you tell Paul was saved? Amen. And look at verse uh, 7. But what things were gained to me, listen to this now, and I want you to circle this word, those I counted, circle counted, counted loss for Christ. Yes, doubtless, things but loss. I want you to circle the word count again in verse 8. And be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is God, which is of God by faith, that I may in the fellowship of his suffering. If by any means I might obtain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though neither were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. I press. Let us therefore, as many be perfect, be thus minded, and if any be any uh, thus minded, and if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God will reveal even this unto you. Brethren, be followers together of me. And mark them which walk so as ye have us for an ensample. For many walk. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, and it's also in the Savior. Who shall change our vile bodies? Listen to this now. That it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, 
according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the reading of the Word of God. It's just a blessing to hear the Word of God read by so many people in one place. God, we thank you that this church was, is built upon your Word and not uh, some uh, entertainment or some uh, uh, program or some personality. But God, this, this, this Bible is your Word, and God, your Word will stand. And we thank you, dear God, that we can stand upon your Word. And God, help us to claim your promises. And Lord, realize that the future is bright as your promises. And God, we just thank you for another year. God, if you give us another year, we promise you that we want to do what is commanded and, and challenged to us in this chapter, and that's to press towards the mark of the high calling. God, thank you for the high calling of being a Christian. Thank you for the high calling to walk the high road and not the low road of sin and selfishness and vainglory, and God, to please ourselves and please the world. God, thank you for the privilege of being called your child and your servant. And so, Lord, bless this message and these messages to come out of this powerful chapter that you've given us out of Philippians. And we'll thank you and praise you for every person that rededicates their life, every person that gets serious about serving God, and every person, Lord, that might get saved through these messages. We'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, life's seemingly flying by. I cannot believe that I've been preaching 44 years uh, this past October, pastoring this church 40 years. I know I look it, and I know I feel it. But I'll tell you what, it's been a blessing. And if I had to do it over again, I'd do it again. Uh, but I thank God that we have only one time that we pass this life, and only what's done for Christ will last. So give to Jesus all your days, for it's the only life that pays. When you recall, you have but one life. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. God has blessed us with life. I heard the news of Frank Caceres going to be with the Lord this morning, a Spanish preacher that started several Spanish churches, helped our uh, church begin, and, and really discipled Brother Luis that got saved through this church. And he was so young and, and, uh, and uh, he had cirrhosis of the liver. And I know he never, he never drank and probably never smoked, but I want to tell you something, folks. He went, he went, he went quick. And suddenly, in a, in a sense, and, uh, and, and painfully. And God, you know something? He has a, he has a reward now because he's, he did something with his life that counted. And, and you know, today, we're, we're not going to answer for, for someone else. We're not going to answer for another preacher. We're going to answer to God. We're going to face God by what we did with the opportunities God gave us. And Paul got saved. I mean, he really got saved. And he goes over what it means to be saved and, and why we ought to be pure in verse 1 and 2 and 3 and, and then also how we ought to have the right priorities. And, and then he said, you know, I need to forget all those things in the past like murdering Christians and making children orphans for being Christians. He had to forget that because the devil, I'm sure, used that like a video recorder on his mind trying to disqualify him, discourage him, and help him look back. You know, you'll never do anything looking back. You need to look ahead, and you need to forget uh, those uh, things that you failed. And I'm going to tell you something. This morning, some of you ought to fall forward. You know, you ought to fall forward. In other words, you ought to get back up 
and serve God better this coming year than you did this last year. Say amen. I'm telling you, friend, God can change your life if you'll just let him be who he is through you, yield to him totally. That's the key word in the Christian life. And let, let the Lord live his life out through you. And then 2018 will be worth living. If you live for your little self, that's all you're going to get is what uh, yourself can get. If you live for others, you will never please them. Say amen right there. How many got something that you didn't really need for Christmas? Amen. And how many gave the perfect gift and they didn't even appreciate it? They've already lost it or broke it. I'm telling you, friend, this world cannot give you what God can give you. That's the fulfillment of your whole life. I want you to circle three words, and this is this introduction. I'll just preach about 20 minutes and close about 30. But I want you to see, first of all, the word count. I want you to see the word count. And folks, I want you to write beside that um, uh, the right values, right values, Brother Cody. I believe with all my heart that God wants us to count. He wants us to evaluate. I'm gonna, I want to ask you a question. What's important to you? The Bible says in verse 7, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ's sake. Those that were gained to me. And I'm going to tell you something. He had a lot going for him, as the world might th uh, think. And I'm going to tell you something. He had a, he had a, a ritual uh, circumcision. He had a relationship. He was the stock of Israel. He had respectability. He was the tribe of Benjamin. He had a race. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He had a religion, law of the Pharisees. He had a reputation concerning zeal, and he had some righteousness, but it was self-righteousness because he, he said, all these things I count but dung. Folks, listen, I want to tell you something. The Bible says, but all these things were gained to me. I counted lost for Christ. Loss for Christ. So folks, there's a perspective that we ought to have. You ought to look at this world different than the lost people of this world. You ought to look at this world different than you would um, uh, uh, a carnal Christian. We ought to see things in a new perspective. And the bottom line is verse 8, it says, Yea, doubtless, I count, circle the word again, I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, but dung, that I may win Christ. Now he's not winning Christ, he's, he's, he's winning the approval of Christ. And so folks, first of all, we see it's for Christ. Who are you living for? What are you living for? Verse 7 says, what things were gained to me? Those I counted lost. The bottom line in the Christian life is everything should be for him and his glory. Say amen. Colossians 1, and I've said it many times. I don't know why I keep quoting these verses, but it says in verse 17, it says that all things were created by him. How many believe that? Say amen. I don't believe we were uh, evolved from some one cell amoebo and, and became an ape, and an ape got so wise that he showed up at Shaw running the place. If monkeys made men back then, why don't they make them now? I've never went to uh, the zoo down at Grant Park and seen a, a, a little baby pop out of one of those baboons. Amen. We didn't come from monkeys. We came from God. But folks, the most, most important reason that we ought to get is that we're created by him, but the Bible says, but for him. And then that all things consist. That means you're held together by him. But folks, the Bible says that we're created for a reason. 
16 times the word things is mentioned in the book of Philippians. Things. You know, things can get in your way. Uh, activities can get in your way. Hobbies can get in your way. And folks, many folks are slave to things. Not bad things, just good things. Religious things. Um, some people spend most of their life doing things and having fun and having activities. I think the... Uh, the modern generation today is going to get carpal tunnel not in the wrists, but in the thumbs because all they do is text, amen? And all they do is video games. You ever seen a little boy get a hold of a, an iPad? Sometimes my grandchildren come over and the first thing they'll say is not, hello, daddy. They say, uh, uh, papa, or hello, Mimi. They'll say, can I borrow your iPad? I see that there's a certain games on that one that's not on theirs, Amen. And I'll have to restrict them and say, okay, it's been four hours and 48 minutes you've been on that thing. Uh, you need to get off of it, amen. And we need to talk or go out fishing or throw a rock at a dog or something, amen. Uh, you know, run around the block. Or, or uh, When I was a kid, we had Lincoln Logs, hallelujah. Now it's Legos that you step on every day. But folks, the bottom line is His glory. What are you living for? What do you do with most of your life? I mean, what cranks your tractor? What thrills your soul? What do you look forward to? Some of you are counting the very minutes to the Georgia football game tomorrow. You're just counting it off. Well, we've got 10 hours, 47 minutes, 38 seconds. Hey, man, praise God, i got to count it down. Amen. And you are. That's what you're doing right now. You wish I'd stop preaching so you go home and count on the Bulldogs winning the national championship. I understand. But I want to tell you something, friend. That's not eternal. And I'm going to tell you something, no matter who wins or loses, that's not going to change a thing for eternity. Say amen. But it'd be nice if they won. But anyway, the bottom line is, for his glory. Amen. Isaiah 43 verse 7 says, he created all things, formed them, put you together, called you into life, put breath in your soul and a thought in your brain and energy in your joints. Why? For you to glorify God. And if you don't glorify God, you are totally wasting your life. Your life's just a vapor. I think about all the people who didn't make it this year. And I called up some of them yesterday and said, I, I text one guy, I said, are you still a member of Whitfield Baptist Church? And he said, you know I am, preacher. I said, well, you haven't been here in a year. And I said, we miss you. We love you. He apologized, said, I got to work. I said, we'll start next week. You told me and you made me promise that I'd never give up on you. You shouldn't have done that. If you ever tell me not to give up on you, I will not give up on you. And I, I call him and text him and, and he works himself to death. And, but I want to tell you something. Life's not just working. Life's just not money. Life's just not things. Folks, count, count, count. Wisdom is seeing this world through God's eyes. Say amen. Folks, what is important? I'll tell you what's important. What's important to God? That's what's important. Because that's the only thing that's going to last. I'm going to tell you something, friend. When you die, they're not going to remember you for all your accolades, your money, and your attainment, your, your trophies, and your, uh, your uh, uh, achievements. Only what's for, done for Christ will last. Folks, I see that we ought to count God counts several things valuable. You know, I believe with all my heart, we need to look at what God counts valuable. We see the world through God's eyes. That's the definition of wisdom. We discern what God counts as valuable. Turn to Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. 
Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. You know, worship should count. I mean, you ought to thank God you can worship this morning. And if you don't want to be here, something's wrong with your soul, Christian. Child of God, redeemed by the blood, pilgrim passing through, going to heaven. You ought to thank God you can be here. You ought to count the days that you're here. Somebody the other day said, how in the world could you stay in one place 40 years? Like it was a sentence to purgatory or something. I said, 40 years has flown by because I love it. It's the adventure of my life. Pastoring a local church, it's a thrill to my soul. I've seen not only you saved, but I've seen your children saved. And now I'm seeing some of your grandchildren saved. Man, you got an old goat for a pastor. I'll tell you that. But anyway, <laughs> good night. What, what, what else counts than your children glorifying God and walking in truth and going to heaven? That your home's a home and not just a house. There's not fussing and fighting and splitting up and divorcing going on in your home, but there's peace and love and joy and purpose and power in His presence. Folks, you're living beneath your privilege if you're not counting what is valuable to God and getting in on it. It's called His will. Say amen. I love being in God's will. Count it. Count it. God counts several things valuable. But Philippians chapter 1, that's where I was going, right? Philippians chapter 1, just checking. I want you to look at verse 9. Verse 9, please. The Bible says, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. We ought to have some discernment about our life. Look at verse 10. That ye may approve things that are, what? Excellent. That ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. You ought to prove some things that are excellent. And how excellent is his name? And how excellent is his purpose? And how excellent is his church? And how excellent is his word? Folks, I want to just give you a few things God counts as valuable. Number one, souls. Souls, winning souls. Mark 8, 36 says this, For what does it profit a man if he, if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? That means your soul's worth the world. Folks, it's more important than the world. We ought to realize that winning souls is valuable. Why would a family give up the security of Dalton, Georgia, a locksmith by trade and a real estate agent, and all the comforts of Dalton to travel four days to get back to a place called South Africa. I'll tell you why. Souls are more important than Jeremy's comfort and his money and his proximity to his, to his family and luxury and comfort. And, and, and folks, souls cause people to to, to venture out, in 1993, Mark and Tanya Rich was joined by two other couples in the jungle of Panama, Brother Rex, to translate the Bible for the Accu Indians. And eight years before that, the, rich, uh, these, the riches, the missionaries' home was invaded. Uh, Mark and Tanya was just having a, a night of devotion and prayer, and these men abducted Mark and, and uh, Tanya, and, the, and then they, they kidnapped two other missionaries and left the wives and children behind finally released them. On a 2020 interview, Tanya Rich was at the end of the interview, the reporter asked this question. Looking back now, 
Was it worth to risk your, your, your life and family for all that you risked it for? And here was her response. I'm human. And I hurt. I want my husband back. There's some things that are, without, that are worth living for and dying for. And one of those things is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, that's the second thing, is the scriptures should be valuable to you. This book is not just any old book. It's God's word to you. It's a milk. It's a map. It's a mole. It's the image of God. It's God's voice. It's God's direction to you. And folks, it's precious. The Bible says it's more precious than silver or gold. It's more pleasurable than honey, uh, than eating. And folks, it's, 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 we ought to stand in awe of the Word of God, Psalms 119, verse 160. Uh, the Word of God treasured in our heart, hid in our heart, that we might not sin against thee. We ought to treasure the Word of God. Some people don't even pick it up during the week. Some people don't even read it. We ought to treasure it. We ought to memorize it, actualize it, prayerize it. We ought to let the Word of God do its work through our lives. Folks, it's the, it's the divine couplet that God uses, the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. If it's not scriptural, it's not spiritual. That's why I had you stand up and read the Word of God. Folks, that's precious. One word. But all the words of God, the Word is valuable. Psalms 19 verse 10 says this, More to be desired than gold. Amen. If we had a if we had the attitude towards the word of God like we do making money, we'd be phenomenally knowledgeable of God's word. More to be desired than gold than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. <laughs> Folks, if we enjoyed the word of God as much as we did we did eating, we'd be some kind of Christians, amen. We wouldn't be overweight either. We'd be overflowing. Say amen. I love to eat. I tell you what, I think about supper when I'm eating lunch. <laughs> hey, honey, what's for supper? You know, God bless. And I want to tell you something, the scripture ought to be valuable. And I'll tell you another thing that ought to be valuable, salvation. Precious blood. For as much as we know that we're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the traditions from your father. Aren't you glad you're not saved by religion? You can't join a church to go to heaven. Then verse 19 of 1 Peter 1 says, But with the precious blood of Christ as a, a lamb without blemish and without spot. Folks, the word precious means valuable. The word precious means there's nothing like it. Say amen. Somebody get excited about the blood of Jesus this morning. Folks, the blood is enough and there's only one blood that's enough and it's the blood of the lamb that cleanses from all sin. Folks, we ought to value salvation. We ought to value the scriptures. We ought to value souls. We ought to live so people can go to heaven. We ought to be stepping stones to heaven. Your goal for this year should not be just to make money, get rich and stay employed, pay your house off and redecorate your living room. Your goal should be to see souls saved. Your goal ought to be to know God. The scripture Helps you see God and know God. You abide in Him. 
and His words abide in you. The Bible says in John 15, 7, You ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. There'll be much fruit, the fruit of love and joy and peace. But folks, it's all keyed on this. Are you abiding in Him? Folks, the branch knows the vine. The branch knows where the source of strength is. The branch knows who they're dependent upon and who they ought to resemble. And the branch knows this. If I don't yield, I die. I wilt and I'm good for nothing. Be trampled under man by, by foot. And so folks, God counts some things valuable that we ought to count as valuable. We ought to count Him as valuable. We ought to count walking with Him as a valuable, precious privilege. As a Christian, we ought to count. And then number two, I want you to see another word real quick, and I'll be very brief. I want you to look at the word press. The word press. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. Philippians 3, 14. The Bible says, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Folks, my prayer is that I'd learn to excel under pressure, against the odds, that I'd discipline myself, that I wouldn't quit this year, that I wouldn't succumb to my laziness, my flesh, or the lust of the flesh. I'm going to tell you something. All these 40 years could be learned from me with one, one day of sin. One moment of giving in to, uh, to, to temptation. And nobody's above it. Folks, you're not going to do anything without some intensity. No athlete is worth their salt unless they press. And folks, that's not a, that's not a basketball term. It's a, it's a term that means that we ought to be intimate in our, in our pressing. Look at verse 10. The Bible says in Philippians 3.10, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. Folks, that word I means intimate. He couldn't, he couldn't get spiritual for somebody else. And you, folks, it's a relationship, personal relationship. You need to seek God every day. You need to get intense. You need to get intense about your intimacy. As I read Wednesday night, there ought to be a, a heart, like a heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, verse 2 of Psalms 42 says. For the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? Folks, there ought to be a longing for a relationship and an intimacy of God. He said that I may know Him. That's an intimate term. And the power of His resurrection. Everybody wants the power, but nobody wants the personal relationship. Discipline in your walk with God. Hey, there's some mornings you'll wake up, you don't feel like reading the Bible. You ought to read it anyway. That's why we have guides for you to read the Bible through in one year. You ought to do it every year. If you just put on trial uh, for being a Christian, I think one of the questions are, have you ever read his book? You said, no, I never read it through. Well, they think you're not a very good Christian. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. There ought to be enough evidence to convict you of being a good Christian. And what convicts us is what we press to. What is our vigor? You got values. Now we got vigor. Folks, I mean, what really, what do you put your energies in? And, and, and so there's intimacy and then there's intensity. Press. I press. It means determination. 
It means discipline. It means death to self. I want to tell you something. The Christian life is not for wimps. Amen. The Bible calls us soldiers for Christ. Servants for Christ. We're children of God. It's not going to be easy. 2018 is not just going to be a hunky-dory time. Of, uh, it's going to be that you've got to fall forward when you fall down. It means you need to get back up, amen. You need to carry the cross. Last time I thought about that, folks, carrying the cross was a time of shame. It was a kind of it was rebuke. It's not, uh, it was carrying a cross of, of uh, uh, gladly for His glory and His namesake. It's dying to self. Pick up the cross. Do not... Follow me. Pick up the cross. Deny yourself, he said in Luke chapter 14. Several years ago on Monday Night Football, announcer, I mean several years ago, when I was just a kid, commented that Walter Payton, love you don't know who Walter Payton is, ran over nine miles in his career. But what the other announcer pointed out, what made that such a great accomplishment in the world of sports now, that Walter got knocked down every 4.5 yards of that nine miles. But he got back up. Did you hear me? He, he ran nine miles with a little pig skin across the goal to score a, a touchdown for the Chicago Bears, I believe it was. But every 4.6 yards, he got knocked down. Probably got knocked out a couple of times, but he got back up. That's for a game, a little game. But folks, we're, when we get knocked down, what do we do? We fall out of church, get bitter. The FBI can't find us on Wednesday night or Sunday night. Faithful Bible investigators, not the FBI that you know. And friend, friend the, uh, the preacher's got to knock on your door 15 times a year trying to get you pumped up, keep you in church. Folks, it shouldn't ought to be. We ought to have a vigor. There ought to be a high calling of pleasing God. And that's the incentive. That's the incentive. Folks, listen. Mark it down. There's a high calling to serve God. You're serving the living God. Brother, Kevin wrote me yesterday wanting to copy our track that I wrote on church, what's more important than church, what church is all about. If you die today, you know to go to heaven. Title of the, the uh, track is, is uh, more important than church. And what church is all about. If you die today, you know you go to heaven. And he signs his letter this way. In his reasonable service, Kevin. I like that. Because that's, that's out of Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your body a living sacrifice. It means a living dead thing. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your what? Reasonable service. By the mercies of God, it's reasonable. You know why it's reasonable? Because He died for you. He lives for you. He's coming again for you. And if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't be here this morning. Much less be saved. It's a reasonable service. And so folks, we need to see that there ought to be some intensity about our Christian life. There ought to be some incentive. It's for Him. It's for His glory. It's a calling to please God. I'm glad I don't have to please everybody else or anybody else except God. And then when I please God, even my enemies love me 
or at least respect me. But folks, I want to tell you something. God's called you to please Him. Are you pleasing Him? Well, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, 6, unless you're living by faith, you're not pleasing Him. We ought to take up the cross. We ought to get rid of the sin that so easily besets us and run with patience the race that's set before us. And folks, I want to tell you something. There ought to be some intensity to that. Some of y'all work yourself to death to get ahead. And then you end up losing it. Dalton, Georgia, 1983. You do everything in your world, in your, in your, in your, in your heart trying to please your wife and please your children and please yourself. And what happened? All that energy, all that incentive, all that intensity, all that pressure, all that stress. All that discipline. What happened? A lot of it is all gone. And only what's done for Christ will last. And so folks, there ought to be three words you circle in this, in this chapter. There ought to be count, right values. Press, that's the right vigor. That's the right way to use your energy. Because folks, God gave you energy for Him. God blessed you with a brain for Him. Can somebody say amen? God blessed you with a job for Him. God blessed you with children for Him. God blessed you with a home for Him. God blessed you with a mate for Him. But what do we use it our life for? It shouldn't be for them. It ought to be for Him. There ought to be a day that you, you ought to take inventory on this last Sunday and say, Lord, I want to do more for you. I want to love you willingly, sacrificially. Get this, enthusiastically, wholeheartedly. I wouldn't give you 10 cents for a Georgia Bulldog that gets out there and is lackadaisical tomorrow. I think you ought to kick him in the rear and put him on the bench if he ain't got his heart in it. But folks, I'm going to tell you something. There's something more important. What's important is what are you doing for God and His glory, His honor for souls? How intense are you about knowing Him? How dedicated are you in worshiping Him? Hit and miss won't get it in the Christian life. It's being a good soldier. They're disciplined. It's being a good servant. They're submissive. It's being a good son. They just counted privilege to have a daddy to serve, a father to serve. Last but not least, I see another word in verse 20. For our conversation in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to see one other word. Look. You have the right values. Let's have a value check now. What's more important to you? You need to have right vigor. What moves you? What do you invest your time and talents and treasures in? And then we ought to have a right vision. My prayer is that I'll see Jesus this year in everything. You know, in closing, one day we're going to see Him face to face. Our Savior who paid the price for our sin. And by the mercies of God, we ought to present ourselves.
That means worship. That means offering. Well, to give back what God's given us. And what has He given you? Everything. Your body, your soul, your spirit are God's. And so our Savior who paid it all, one day we're going to face Him. And so we need a fresh vision of Calvary. We need to go back to that old lonely hill called Calvary and say, Lord, you did that for me. You were scourged and beat beyond recognition. Isaiah 52 says it was beat beyond human recognition. Crown of thorns was placed on his head and they spat on his face and plucked his beard. Put an old purple robe on his back and the blood dried. It was like an old band-aid ripping off the flesh. Sp- spikes in his, in his feet and in his hands and before all that, they beat him with a cat of nine tails, 350 furrows. Sometimes a man wouldn't even survive that. But folks, that was just the physical pain. The emotional pain was the disciples were nowhere around. His own countrymen forsook him and said, Crucify him! But that wasn't the greatest pain. The greatest pain was he took your sin. He took your sin dead. He that knew no sin became sin for you that you might be made the righteous of God in Him. He took your place. I don't understand it, but I believe it. And I believe, folks, the, the, your sins weighed much more than the old rugged cross. That's what we ought to look to. He's our Savior. But not only is He our Savior in closing, He's our sovereign Lord. And one day we're going to face Him. We're going to, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that He is Lord. And folks, today you ought to crown Him as Lord. You ought to bow before Him and say, Lord, You gave me this year. You blessed my home. You blessed me with an income. You blessed me with health and strength. You blessed me with one more heartbeat. Some people don't have that. You blessed me to be a blessing. You filled me with your spirit to overflow. And I want to be a good steward of that. I want to be a good, I want to be a good Christian. And the high calling of Christian is you need to have some right value. You need to have some right vigor. But you always need to keep a right vision of who you're doing what you're doing for and who you're living for and it's all because of Calvary and it's all because He's coming again one day and we're going to give account at the judgment seat of Christ of why we did what we did. And the reason we ought to do what we do and be what we ought to be and most important of all is because we love Him and we want to glorify Him with our, our whole heart our whole mind, our whole soul. A young violinist, and I'm praying that we'll keep adding to this orchestra and one day get a violinist, amen? I didn't say a fiddle player, I said a violinist. But we'll take a fiddle player too. But the young violin, violinist was one of his first concerts after a beautiful rendition. rendition. He'd been practicing and practicing and practicing under a master teacher. And I mean, he, from the day he was born almost, he was raised to be this great violinist. 
And folks, he, 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 he brought a beautiful rendition and, a, and the crowd stood so impressed they gave him a standing ovation. I mean, the place was packed. The auditorium where he, where he just played a beautiful concert. And they all stood up and they began to applaud in one accord and, and, and everybody was standing, cheering him on and, and crying out, Encore! 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 The violinist wouldn't even look up. He wouldn't even acknowledge this great response to his talent. And he looked up in the back of the balcony. And he looked and longed as he looked over the crowd that was cheering and crying and screaming encore. And he waited. An old man stood to his feet and nodded his head. And he began to weep. And began to smile. And he picked up the old violin and he played a beautiful encore because the man up in the balcony was his master. He wasn't playing for them. He was praying, playing for him. And folks, we're not living for them. We should be living for him with right values, with the right vigor, and the right vision. It's all for Him. Would you dedicate your life to the intended purpose that you're breathing? For Him. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this introduction to this chapter. I can't wait to go verse by verse and delve into the depths of this Scripture to teach us about purity and teach us about the proper perspective Teach us about how we can yield to the proper power in our life. But dear God, as we close this year, 2017, the year of our Lord, God, could we thank you one more time for allowing us to be your child, to be your servant, to do anything for you. Lord, we just want to thank you. And God, as we thank you, we want to yield more of our life to you. That One day when we face you, we won't face you with ashes at our feet. Wood, hay, and stubble burn up because of our selfish works, our selfish values, and our selfish vision of being popular in the eyes of man. Lord, we love you. We praise you for creating us and for saving us after we blew it in sin. And we appreciate the opportunity to serve you. God, give us some right values in this coming year. Definitely, Lord, help us to press towards the mark of the high calling of being your child. And God, while we do all that, God forbid that we'd ever take our eyes off you. That we'd stay focused on Calvary. But Lord, we'd stay focused on the resurrection and the ascension and your soon coming. God, help us to stay focused on the very purpose that we ought to invest our life for your glory. That's because you deserve it all. You deserve it all. To God be the glory. How great art thou. 
how wonderful it is to be your child.